All right, everybody. Hey, I want to say welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, we're hoping some more folks will dial in, but anyway, we hope that you will also carry the message out to your units too. So appreciate you guys joining. Hopefully we can get some information out to you. The whole intent of this is uh, to reveal some of the things and opportunities we have available up here, and hopefully allow you to make good decisions on if this is the right move for you. Um, we're doing this also because time is of the essence. We need you guys to come up here in March. We'll talk about this a little bit later. The only way you're going to make next year's OTC, next summer's OTC, is to execute this coming up spring. So we'll go ahead and start with the introductions. I'll start with myself. I'm Mr. Free. If you've listened to any of our podcasts or whatever, you're already tired of hearing my voice. Um, I've been at the unit since 1997. I was a combat controller here. Um, I got to live through the, the good years of 9-11 and, and beyond. Um, and then in 2010, I came back as a civilian and have been um, really focused on operator recruiting and selection ever since. Pass it over to Colin. Hey, I'm Colin. Thanks for joining. Uh, I'm the commander of selection and training, so I'll be talking to you guys today about what OTC entails and what we do to get you to be a operator at this unit. I'll pass it over to Steve. Hey, everybody. I'm uh, Steve. I've uh, been in the unit since 2015. I'll be talking specifically about the 17th day. Then we'll pass it over to Jared. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. Uh, my name is Jared. I'm one of the team leaders over at the 24th and I have Storm here with me. He's a 4IC on the troop as well. So the next thing on the list we want to talk about are the past limitations of 1Z3s. And the message that came out to all of you, um, basically we said, hey, we've been limited in the past and most of that was due to manpower and slots. Um, whether we had 10 or 12 at the time, a lot, a, a huge chunk of that was oriented at the fire shop, which it should be. Guys who were making us all better at JTAGRI and keeping up with the admin side of that too, which is a nightmare. And for the few positions that we have left, it's always been a challenge of what we did with those positions, how we best manage them, where we put them inside our operational units. And we do have TACP spread to both of our operational units um, at Bragg. But now we have the opportunity with a new commander coming in, he's, he's moving 10 to 15 positions up to our organization inside the compound. Uh, this doesn't change the fact that the 17th, STS still has a mission to do and they still need TACPs as well, but we need to fill those 10 to 15 billets very soon um, so we can get after some new opportunities and new mission sets. And that leads us into the new opportunities. So um, Jared's going to be discussing three troop and the commando opportunity. All of you on this call will have um, to maybe sign up, come to ANS and get selected to go help them solve some hard problems. And then Steve's going to get on here and just discuss the 17th STS and that steady state manpower pool that they need to tag piece coming in to replace some outgoing guys every year, usually three to five slots, but I'll let Steve correct those numbers for me. Um, and th that's never ending and their mission set is, I said steady state, I don't like that word really because I think their customer, the 75th Ranger Regiment are also focusing on new areas too. So um, they're gonna have to evolve fast. We need people that can evolve with us. Then we're gonna talk about uh, the process. I'll come on here and just get get you oriented on what the next step for you after this thing is and how to get to ANS and then what that ANS process is going to be like and then the decisions that are going to be made at the end. So you understand the process from the moment we click off of this brief until the end of ANS, what, what that process looks like and, and what it means to you. We're going to hand it over to Colin and Steve and they're going to talk about the two OTC processes. Um, the one up here at the 724 um, that's focused on Guys, going over to our operational troops here, and then Steve will talk about the 17th process. 
Last but not least, we'll end with the questions and answers. We'll bring in some that y'all have asked in the chat group or see if anybody has any verbal Q&As. All right, I'm done bumping my gums. Now I'm gonna hand it off to Jared so he can talk some uh, three truth stuff. All right, thanks, Trey. All right, hey guys, I just kind of want to explain uh, what three troop is or the commandos. You'll, you'll hear it called both, uh, but what we are is the unilateral ground maneuver force for the 724th, meaning it's Air Force only. Uh, we focus on two like primary mission sets uh, without crossing line of classification. Uh, what that really means is like we're solving problems for the command uh, using unique capabilities uh, that only this tier has. Uh, is there anything else I'm missing there, Storm? Yeah, uh, I don't want to get too too far down like that road, but I do want to answer like three main questions for you guys. It's uh, what we do, how we do it, and then how do you fit in and, and what the application process is. So as you're kind of listening to me here and you have those questions, go ahead and type them into the chat or save them for, for the Q&A. Uh, but the reason that this recruiting push is happening, man, is to be straight up, uh, we need guys and it was born out of necessity. We're in a unique position over here at the unit uh, that we have more mission than we have men. And the capability that we're developing is becoming more and more popular within the command. And it's time for us to grow and we need to grow now. Hey, this is Colin here. I just want to jump in, kind of foot stomp that Jared mentioned. It's a unilateral troop. So every day those guys are training together as a team, as a troop, hitting the range, hitting the shoot house, jumping together, deploying together. So uh, I think like, a lot of guys really find value in the fact that uh, they're going from this enabler mission set to like, we finally get to run as a team of people that were selected together, uh, work together every day, train together, and, and eventually deploy together as a team and, and as a troop. And, and that's not something, that's not an opportunity you're gonna find uh, outside of their specific troop. And that really is what makes them unique. Before we hand it over to Steve to talk about the 17th STS, I just want to, um maybe incite some curiosity in the guys out there listening for what Jared and what Colin just talked about. If, if I were you listening to that, I know it still sounds nebulous. Again, we're on an unclassified medium, but I'd be asking, hey, what does that mean for me being a, a TAC-P? Am I still gonna be a JTAC? Am I still gonna, what skills am I gonna get to acquire when I come up there? Those are the questions we're wanting you to ask. And if, if we don't get those, we'll try to answer those in the end too. I'll ask Jared the questions myself, but. Those are the things that we want you to be curious about so we can get the information out there in a way that um, makes sense and it still isn't a scary thing for guys. All right, over to Steve for the 17th. Yeah, I want to add one more thing to that. Like, um, you are going to get skills uh, through OTC. We'll talk through that process, but also on their troop that you're not going to get anywhere else. So uh, whether it's schools those guys are going to, training they're doing, uh, certifications, whatever it is, just broad brush like, those guys are gonna are going to train you to a level, not just a level, but in skill sets that you're never gonna get anywhere else. And pretty heavy focus uh, right now on recce skill sets, but uh, holistically, they're, we're going to bring you to a level, the tier one operator, and all these skill sets, and and you're gonna train at all those skill sets at three troop with Jared and Storm that, that you're never gonna get to touch anywhere else. All right, everybody. So the 17th, our unit missions uh, still starts with starts with uh, precision strikes. So most of the TACPs in the squadron, on a day to day basis, work as platoon and company JTACs along with uh, their ranger counterparts. Uh, our senior NCOs and our officers specialize at you know work at battalion level on the staff to do work air to ground integration, 
uh, responsibilities on that battalion commander staff. And then at Ranger Regiment, we have senior NCOs and, and officers that do kind of contested environment effects, integration cell responsibilities. But most of the people on this medium right now coming into the unit would be vectored towards doing platoon and company JTAC responsibilities. Uh, second mission that we have within the unit is tactical landing zone operations. We survey, assess, mark, establish, and control LZs uh, to perform MSS operations and support joint forcible entry for the Ranger Regiment. And then uh, the last job that we have, which is uh, a second assignment within the, the 17th STS, are four troop guys specifically uh, specialized in TAC recce, along with the Regimental Reconnaissance Company. Um, so our purpose is to integrate and execute special tactics equities in support of the 75th Ranger Regiment mission. Those two missions are pretty, pretty uh, straightforward, direct action raid and joint forcible entry. Um, pathway into the units through the ANS process that we're talking about uh, right now or will in a bit. And um, expect that uh, after you PCS or PCS in route, get maybe a couple courses that you need uh, for qualification before you start OTC. Um, OTC focuses on soft core skills, and then there's top off training uh, specific to the first duty position you're going to have in the squadron. Again, most of those TACPs are going to be JTACs for platoon or company level. Uh, so your top off training would be very specific towards JTAC. All right, y'all. So talk about three troop, talk about the 17th. Let's move into the process. The, the what do I do once this brief is over? Um, so the first thing you always hear us say is our website is the portal into our unit. It has all the information at least to get you started. So if you just go on Google and Google 724STG, it will be the first return that comes up. So enter the website and then just scroll down, get familiar with it, read some of the data. But most important to you, all the selection dates and all the prep material to get you ready is on the website. Hopefully you've had some guys from your unit come through and give you some um, intel on the process too. It's not a secret process. We want you to be prepared when you get here so we get a clean look. So use the tools, use guys that have been here before and prep appropriately and you'll be just fine. Um, next, selection dates and application deadlines. So again, we have three spring selections. We have two in March and now we're gonna have one in April. We're doing an extra selection because this manning and manpower is so important to us as Jared mentioned earlier. So we're adding a, a selection to the spring, but we need you guys who are interested in this to be in one of the March ANSs because that's really the only way we can get you orders in time and meet all the requirements of AFPC to meet that July um, OTC date. So keep that in mind. Those dates are on the um, website and also the deadlines for those applications. For the first one, um, it's January 26th and for the second one, it's February the 15th, respectively. Phase one application board, once we have, once those deadlines are met, we're going to pull in all those applications. We're going to talk about them as an organization, and then we're going to pick the folks um, to come to the second phase of ANS, which is the TDY phase. Just so you know, there isn't a lot of things. We're, we're bringing most people. If you have something in your past that's kind of recent, don't sweat it. Submit your application. Don't deselect yourself or anything. Send in your application and let us be the ones um, to sort that out and figure out if we're going to bring you or not. Again, we bring most everybody that submits an application because we want to see you and give you a shot. Um, once we, once Mr. Earhart sends you some reporting instructions, you're going to come here, phase two, 
is going to be mostly in garrison and we're just going to test you on our five attributes that we care most about. Those are located on the website. We're going to test those in a garrison environment. Phase three, as you can imagine, is still TDY and we're going to move out to the field and test those same attributes in a field setting. Again, no magic. There are, before I forget to, we have a host of podcasts. I think there's 37 out there now where we speak specifically to each one of our attributes. And we also have candidates who just came through selection. We interviewed them right like the day after they were told yes or no by the commander, and they will give you the lowdown on what happens during the process. So there really, it should be no secrets and you should be able to prep effectively. And last but not least, and maybe the most important for all of you is the hiring decision at the end of ANS. Um, depending on your performance, depending on what we need here, the commander is gonna offer you a job inside of the organization. Again, we're trying to fill Jared's troop up really quick, but that doesn't mean the 17th still doesn't have to have manpower for the year too. So the commander will make the final decisions and then we'll offer you a job. And you just have to understand, then you get a choice of, is that the job I want or do I not want to accept it? What we would all say at the table, I think um, that we say a lot is just get inside the compound, whatever jobs offered to you, man, it is an amazing opportunity. So I would hope that you would take it so you can get inside the organization and thrive because there's many more opportunities available to you once you're inside the fence line. All right, I'm going to hand it over to Colin now and uh, go ahead and talk about if you are selected and you got to come up to one of the OTC processes, what that looks like. Like Fred talked about, single, single assessment for any operator job across the tier. So, uh, what Trey's talking about, different jobs being offered to you, like just to be clear, like if you come up and assess and, and are offered, you are hired and offered a job. It is going to be a tactical role. Uh, we're not guys aren't coming up to selection, going through a hard process, putting themselves in line. And then, you know, we offer up like a fire staff job. We're not doing that. If you are hired, you'll be given a tactical role uh, on a troop somewhere. It just may differ as to uh, where we put you based on how you perform that selection, your past experience, stuff like that. And, and like Trey said, we're completely transparent about that. And this is a all volunteer organization. So if you come put yourself on the line and and we offer you something you're not interested in, uh, that's always something you can turn down. But uh, once you get involved in this greater command, like uh, your foot's in the door and, and you have, once you've been through this selection process, you have the ability to move anywhere in the tier uh, without going through any other selection. So uh, we have multiple different squadrons in, in places that operators work and the single gateway is this assessment. So uh, you have the ability to, let's say you get selected for the 17th, you could do a couple of years down there, and then you could come up to OTC at Fort Bragg uh, without going through any other selection. Uh, you potentially move on to some other unique uh, problem sets that we have within the tier. All right, so if you're selected for Fort Bragg, uh, you're going to come through our operator training course. It's run every year. It's a 10-month process. Starts in July. So, like Trey said, um, we're looking to get you guys out to March selection so that we have time to PCS, PCAU. Uh, just to get into a little bit of the detail of why the, the urgency is important. So, the reason this is a new opportunity is because the commander is doing what is called an ACR to move positions. So, he's, he's getting rid of unfilled positions and turning them into TACPs if we get enough TACPs to meet the standard uh, at selection. So that that's kind of like a, a one time thing that's going to happen. It's not it's not like every month he's just changing positions and billets. It's a pretty permanent thing. So based on the number of people we have come prove themselves in March, those positions will be permanently flipped to TACPs to give you guys an opportunity to serve up here. 
I can't promise what that's going to look like in a year when we're talking about OTC 24. So your best opportunity is to meet this push right now, this growth, uh, when these positions and bills are going to be available. All right, into OTC. So starts in July, 10 month process. Um, we have a couple different shred outs of OTC. We have JTAC, PJ, Recce, and uh, GFC officers. And uh, it is one uh, kind of mother course that brings them all together where you guys work on shoot, move, communicate together, and then you'll break out to your different shred outs. So, uh, depending upon where we're at with billets, positions, and everything, and, and jobs you're offered, like guys that are going to Jared's troop are predominantly going to go through the recce shred out of OTC. Um, so, that looks like between seven and 11 weeks of individual training that uh, Jared is going to be putting you guys through uh, in specific skills to prepare you for his troop. Uh, you'll be coming together with all the other students to do. Stuff like uh, marksmanship, about a month of CQB, uh, small unit tactics, tactical vehicles, heavy weapons, um, rotary ring integration with the 160th. Uh, we have a month long jump course that um, you guys will all get MFF qualified if you're not. Uh, a pretty advanced course that will get you around 100 jumps. Uh, you go through SEER. And then um, a bunch of FMPs and individual skill training with a culmination exercise in March, graduating at the end of March. Um, it is a phenomenal process that was probably the highlight of my career going through. Uh, regardless of you know, what position or job you go through, like the skills that you get in OTC uh, are one going to enable you to be successful in the truth, but like they are just amazing life skills. Uh, and development that you're going to get through this year long process. And, and I had an absolute blast for those 10 months and, uh, man, I would probably give anything to go back through it just to get that training again. Um, so that pretty much sums up, uh, OTC. I'm going to pass it back to Steve to talk through separately. If you're going to the 17th, uh, separate OTC process to be qualified for that unit. All right, so the, the 17th runs their OTC out of uh, Fort Benning, Georgia. There's a lot of things that we link up with uh, the OTC up in um, North Carolina with to, to do for um, you know, efficiency of resource kind of, kind of reasons. Uh, we have been starting in August and finishing in February, uh, which puts us at, at seven months. That's, that's fluid based on uh, the guys coming in and uh, the courses that they need to graduate from before we start OTC. Much, uh, much like what's done up in North Carolina, it focuses a lot on soft core skills, uh, shoot, move, and communicate uh, sort, of, sort of things. Um, and then we have two different tracks towards the end of that. Uh, one focuses guys towards tactical landing zone operations the other focuses uh, guys towards JTAC responsibilities, and that's dependent upon what your first duty position will be uh, when you get into the into the squadron. Uh, same sort same sort of thing. Do 350-6 training, which is uh, you know, all things rotary wing, infill, exfill. Um, we have uh, a jump phase which focuses around um, static line infill operations with uh, the Ranger Regiment. And then if you are uh, vectored towards TACLZ uh, teams, it'll be uh, military freefall. Um, everything else is, uh, is much like what uh, Colin just, just said, but it's, it's more tailored towards the Ranger mission set, which is uh, much more uh, larger formations, counter land, 
Uh, so think uh, infantry battle battle drill sort of stuff, uh, culminating in platoon live fires. Hey, Colin, before we shift, can I, can I say a couple things? Send it, Jared. All right. Hey, thanks. I just wanted to uh, probably clarify a couple things for, for you guys that are listening. Uh, we, we talked about what three troop does and, it, and it, it, we keep using the word nebulous. And I want to be clear that what we do is not nebulous to us. Uh, we always have clear uh, commander's intent and guidance uh, on what we're doing. So it's, it's weird to talk about in this forum because it seems like we're tiptoeing around things, but that's not the case on the troops. Uh, we have exactly what we know we need to do and then we're going to move out on that. Uh, additionally, you've heard uh, these guys talking about how important shoot, move, and communicate is uh, to everything that we do up here. And the OTC process is really good for getting you to what the tier level is for an operator. Uh, you guys will realize if you come up here and you make it through, there's a certain expectation of what you can provide uh, that no one else can provide. And there's a reputation that goes along with being an OTC graduate. And that carries through through uh, the entire command. Thanks. A couple of other things I want to add here, and I'll go around for final comments and then we'll get to the questions and answers. Um, we're coming out to a lot of the ASOSs in January, so we're already building the schedule out. So some of you we will hopefully see in person. Um, we will be sending that list out. We're, we're contacting your units right now and trying to get out to many of your locations. Probably not making it out to Korea, though, so for my Korea brethren on there. And then I'm going to, we're recording this right now. I'm going to um, pull this down off the cloud and we're going to put it on YouTube and I will just get a private link and send it out to the commanders too. So tell your brothers if they missed it, um, it will be available hopefully in the next day or two via link uh, to where only they can root in and see that video. All right, around the room, Colin. I'd say it's like uh, combat operations may have slowed down to, to nothing for most of the military, but they have not here. So we have guys deployed. We have since 9-11, uh, and they are continuing combat operations on a regular basis. And, and that is going to be a steady state uh, if you hear it. Regardless of what we have guys deployed here, like on a steady state, like we have a contingency mission set that that enables us to deploy regularly. And, and the, less, the less that the big military is deployed, the more often that we get deployed for contingency operations. Um, so if you want to be a part of something that like the reason you joined the military uh, and all the cool things you thought you were going to get to do and, and deploy, like this is a place to do it. So put an application. Right, awesome, Dwayne. Anything to pull from the discussion board? Question was that. Question was, would you be doing JTAC duties or when I see roles on the commander troop? So if you go to the commander troop, um, you will likely be going through the recce shred out of OTC that I discussed. The awesome thing about this unit is that uh, every day looks different. Like we have new problem sets on a regular basis that we're trying to solve, and there are hard problems that are given to this command because nobody else can solve them. So it makes life here really interesting. So we are not hiring guys to do one specific thing. We're asking guys that meet the attributes that that we look for to come solve hard problems. So guys that are going to three troop, um, to directly answer your question, like you likely will be going through recce shred up, we'll try and keep you green on JTAC. Um, we'll do our best to do that, but you're being hired to be a tier one operator that goes solves hard problems for Jared and his troop. And that's a myriad of things. And so we're gonna train you up to be the, um, the best operator that you could possibly be on par with the Army and Navy. And uh, we're going to push you against hard problem sets that may have nothing to do with being a JTAC. And um, it, 
that is a uh, if that is an issue for any of you. I'd recommend uh, making your preference known for for probably the seventeenth because you're you're going to become a phenomenal JTAC of the seventeenth, and you're going to be focused on that um, primarily. Uh, with with three troop though, like we are trying to make you a holistic tier one operator that we can put against anything, and those problem sets will change on a regular basis. So we don't. We don't have a desire to focus you specifically on one skill set. Like we're going to try and keep you current in that. And if you get the ability to utilize that, that's great. But uh, what Jared and his guys need is, is uh, problem solvers. I'll pass over to you, Jared. Yeah, that, that's exactly right, Colin. And a uh, really good point there. So the reason that we focus so heavily on your operator skills is because of the size of the maneuver elements that we work in are often pretty small. Um, and that's for a couple of different reasons uh, that we can talk about at a different time. Um, but you have to be fully reliant on the guys to your left and your right to accomplish what we're doing because everything that we do is a no-fail mission up here. Uh, I have Stormy. He's a TAC-P on the troop. I'm just going to let him talk for a couple minutes, uh, speak the language that you guys speak, and uh, hopefully he can answer some of the questions that you might not be posting in the chat. Yeah, in, in relation to specifically JTAC duties, uh, once coming to the commandos, uh, right now we're limited on JTAC, so my primary role is a JTAC on the troop. But once you once we start filling slots and getting more JTACs up here, um, that currency requirement will always be there and will be there until you reach a certain IP, IC position, whether that be a two or three IC. But until then, you're you're fulfilling uh, a lot of different roles uh, depending on what the mission entails. So it's not always going to be as a primary JTAC. A lot of the missions and uh, exercises that I've been on uh, as a JTAC is only as a contingency and as a and as a duty title that goes on on a cough, but it's not uh, necessarily my primary role during that mission set. That helps. Yeah, I'll just add something on um, that uh, with Storm. So Storm attack P on, on three troop. Um, I got deployed from the unit to see operations like as a JTAC, and that that was even the like he's probably one of the top JTACs of the unit, and that is even the best value that he brings to the troop. It's it's his ability to solve those hard problems I talked about, and that's that's really how he brings value to the team. What we're looking for from you guys. So we had another question on pull up uh, TACP officer slots. Yes, we have officer positions available and ready for OTC twenty three. Um, TACP officers, you you guys are encouraged to come assess at March selection and try to make that uh, summer OTC twenty three. I guess I'll, I'll hit on that briefly. Um, so, if you're selected, you can, for officers, you can immediately be selected for Fort Bragg or the 17th. If you're going to the 17th, you'll go through their OTC process Steve talked about. Uh, if you're selected for Fort Bragg, you'll come through the same OTC process as everybody else at Fort Bragg that we talked about, that 10-month process. You'll have a, a shred out for GFC training, uh, about seven weeks, where we're going to try and build you as GFC and as a troop commander uh, and give you a lot of different skill sets involved in that, like interagency communication. Um, we'll give you public speaking classes. We'll integrate you with your Army and Navy counterparts. We'll send you up to DC to work with interagency partners. Uh, a lot of really unique opportunities that you're not going to get anywhere else uh, in the military. And really, holistically speaking, officer door enlisted, like the exposure you get up here during first during OTC and then on your troop time, like you're going to see and do things that you're never going to do anywhere else in the military. All right, the next question, what is time on station requirement to assess? Thanks for the question. Are, so 
First thing I want to say is don't deselect yourself. If you just got to your unit within the last year, within the last two years, and you're interested, go ahead and submit an application after you talk to your leadership and let them know you're doing it. However, we are constrained by the AFPC process. There's not much getting around that, but we can waive or your commander can waive everything up to two years. So meaning if you are on a four-year assignment to your current ASOS and you've been there for two years or it will be two years before your move date, um, we can bring you to ANS. If you're selected, we will send your commander a waiver letter. All he has to do is sign it and then everything's um, worked out well. But again, don't deselect yourself. Just send in your application after you talk to your leadership and let us work it on our end and we'll see if um, things will shake out with AFPC. The next question we have, and I'd like Storm to get the first shot at this. So Storm, it's the questions from Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. How will the TACP fit in with the PC or the PJCCT SR candidates on OTC with limited skill sets from a three-level process? And he gives the example of like dive, survey, paramedic, and ATC. Yeah, absolutely. Um, coming up, uh, you're not going to be when you're going through OTC. Uh, they're great at creating uh, just enhancing your baseline skills. So shoot, move, and communicate rather than focusing on dive, survey, paramedic, uh, these other specialty uh, or advanced skill sets. Um, I came up to OTC for an example. I wasn't MFF qualified. I went through OTC while the other OTC candidates that are, were MFF qualified went through their advanced MFF course. I went through the basic course side by side with them with no issues. So having limited skill sets, I would not, um, I wouldn't let that be a factor in deciding if you're going to put in an application or not based off of what addition advanced skill sets you have coming up here. Yeah, good, good point, Storm. Uh, and Brandon, I see you, buddy. Good question. And to be uh, really blunt with you, none of that matters. Uh, if there's a dive mission, I guess you just won't go on it and the guys that are dive qualified will. Um, but I do have guys that are SR, CCT, and PJ on my troop. And I don't look at them as that AFSC. To me, they're just operators. So I have two operators that want to go to dive because they feel like that's something they want. When we get to our training cycle, I'll send them to dive. So don't let that be any inhibition or feel like that's a reason for you not belonging up here. If you can make it through the OTC standard for shoot, moving, communicate, there's a place for you at this unit and we'll find it. I just want to foot stomp. Um, I get to listen to where Aspect War is going a lot. Um, I've been watching it. I've been seeing it evolve. Um, hopefully what this sounds like to everybody out there, especially the three troop model of this is where aspect war is trying to go. Three troops just there already. They've been there for a few years. So you get to almost fast forward yourself away from that process of everybody else trying to figure it out and have a chance to come up and then get to integrate in a team that's been doing it for years and already fully functional. Um, so hopefully if you're not married to everything that a, a TACP is, i.e. JTAC. We all, I was a CCT man. I love being a JTAC, but what I love more is to solve problems in a, in an air force team, um, full of warriors. And that's what you're going to come up here and, and get a chance to be a part of. All right. Nothing heard. So I'm going to put it out to the group. I'll start with Jared and storm on this one. Um, how's the family life up here for the married guys? Uh, yeah. So compared to, uh, if you're coming from an ASOS, um, up here, there's a lot more predictability and a lot more foresight into what your long range schedule is going to be. Uh, as far as family life goes, it's a lot easier to manage expectations when you know what's coming down the pipe. Um, and that that has helped myself and my family up here. Um, the tempo is going to be more than what you're used to at an ASOS. But like I said, at least you have a 
a calendar, a schedule to go home, tell your family, hey, these are the dates I'm going to be gone. This is when I'm going to be here. And and uh, it's actually, even though it's busier, it's uh, it has been a better tempo than when I was at the ASOS. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on that just a little bit. Uh, one of the things that I really shoot for uh, is priorities uh, on our troop. And the number one priority for all you guys is, is going to be your family. So when we start developing our training plan, I only do one TDY a month, and I try to keep it to a week or less. We don't need to contract out a bunch of schools and go a bunch of different places. We have so many subject matter experts within this building that it's really easy to do those things here. So I like to try and keep everything local. Uh, as far as you know, how busy you're gonna be, the other big thing that we like to do here is deploy for cause. We're not gonna go sit somewhere in the desert for four months if we don't have to. Uh, we have the power of the command behind us that we can go out, do what we need to do for a month, maybe two, and then come right back home and go back to our normal lives. Good stuff. Thanks, guys. All right, I'll give uh, this one over to Colin first. So once their time's complete and once they do their, and I will ask another question to kind of talk about how long you can stay at the organization. But once their time is up at three troop and it's time to make some moves, Colin, what are some other opportunities guys have? Yeah, so like we talked about single assessment, be put in the tier and you're eligible to move anywhere within the tier. So we have uh, multiple line units that, that are doing the operators work. And then we have a, a sensitive activity squadron that I'm not going to really delve into. But uh, once you kind of cut your teeth with Jared and Storm, build some experience, uh, like there's a lot of opportunity to just stay there if that's what you're enjoying. Uh, but we also have different opportunities, whether you want to go through uh, we have a separate course for our sense of activity stuff. You can go through that and go serve a uh, pretty unique mission set that absolutely does not happen anywhere else uh, in the Air Force or military. Uh, and then we have you know, different select leadership positions that, that you can move around to. So whether you come back to be a, an OTC instructor or you go down to the 17th um, or just anywhere in the group. So like guys have guys have that have wanted to, but have had the ability to stay at this unit for a really long time. If you're looking to promote, uh, we have plenty of positions available. We've been pretty successful. I think there's kind of a misnomer out there about coming here, running a six IC is gonna hurt your promotion eligibility. Like we have been fairly successful in getting operators and support promoted within the tier. Uh, pretty have a pretty high success rate with that. So uh, lots of opportunities available to you. And, and that's what makes this place exciting. So I think I've had uh, four different jobs in my time of the tier, and like it, it just keeps things exciting. I, I've looked at different problem sets each time, and it, it keeps it unique and rewarding. Let me ask, sir, how long can you stay at the assignment right now, too? Because Colin's touching, touching all over it. So we're going to guarantee you about six years. But the six years doesn't mean you're leaving. You're going to have six years, and then you can keep um, extending, or we can move you around, like he just said, inside the tier, and it kind of resets your clock. So lots of areas or lots of ways to stay up here for a long time. And what does that mean to you? It means you get to like, do a unique mission set for longer, but it also means if you have a family, you get to have the same primary care provider for maybe up to a decade. It just stabilizes everything that we all um, yearn for, I think, in the military, but it's hard to achieve anywhere else outside the fence line. Any other things to add? Just to, um, so you will sign a four year control tour coming up here. So that's not, it's not an active duty service commitment, but uh, we are asking you to stay at this unit for four years at a minimum. It's an all volunteer unit. So if like things come up outside of your control, 
uh, that cause you to need to leave before that, like we work around that, but we will ask you to sign on for a four year control tour. Got a question coming out to um, the three true guys and then also want to hear Steve's response too. So what is the support support structure like for the operators um, at both Bragg and down at um, the 17th? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that one, Trey. Uh, we, we talk about ratios of operator support here at the command and uh, typical line units are at a 1.6 to one support to operator. Up here, we shoot for two and a half to one uh, with the ideal number of being three to one. So you have three support personnel per operator, which you won't find anywhere else. What that does is that enables freedom of maneuver and movement and all the little nitinoid stuff that you hate doing, they take care of it for you. It sounds kind of like uh, biggity and uppity, but it's, it's really not, man. The stuff that we're trying to do up here requires so much training and it requires you to be so good at your job, you just won't have time to like, do all the other little things that uh, will eat up your clock. Oh, sorry, let me jump on one more thing with that. Uh, when you start looking at support opportunities uh, up here, I think we're up to four strength coaches, three physical therapists, a, a sports doc, uh, full human performance optimization staff, including psych docs, uh, clinical social workers, uh, you name it. So you have all those resources for you and your family. Uh, additionally, we have two gyms, four ranges, two shoot houses, a climbing tower, a swimming pool, a uh, combatives program, uh, you name it. So, and that's all housed here on the campus. So you really, if you, if you want to get good at any of those things, you, you don't have to go anywhere to do it. And it's all here and it's for you. And those things all play into making you a better operator and more lethal on the battlefield. Thanks. Thanks, Jared. Over to Steve. So it's a little bit different for the 17th, uh, Obviously, unilateral teams are going to require more support to be able to do the missions that uh, that 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 those guys get after. Um, so it's a little bit less support in the 17th, but we still have the full HPO uh, HPO staff that he he mentioned there that's available to both uh, unit members and, uh, and and to family members. Uh, our two detachments, uh, one in Savannah and one in JBLM, uh, we put our support personnel at on a rotational basis on TDY or, uh, you know, trips out to those locations at critical phases of the, of their training cycle, uh, to be able to support, uh, them working through, through the, you know, contingencies and alert process. Um, I think the most important thing to point out here that, that wasn't already hit on is that everyone in the unit is assessed. And because everyone in the unit is assessed, everyone wants to be in the job that they that they're in. So that that's not just operators. That's your A1 personnel, your A4, ALOC, AFE. The guy packing your parachute is not somebody that's doing a job that he doesn't want to be doing. Um, and that's very telling in in this organization that every everyone has the drive the want the, the the desire to be doing the mission that they're doing and that includes our support personnel i think that's important to, to pass on one thing i'm going to hit on with the um jared talked about the the compound so for the those of you guys that have been to fort bragg like our compound is not located on main fort bragg it's out west near southern pines it's about a 10 minute drive from downtown southern pines so uh, it's a much better uh, standard of living out in Southern Pines, like the options you have available to you. Um, you're not living with the 82nd on the table. Um, it's, it, it is a, a nice place to live. 
that I think gets lost when we talk about Fort Bragg. All right, this question, I'm going to give this to Colin, but anybody else can chime in here. So, um, we talk about this a lot now, Colin, with the evolving mission sets and what we see TechPeach roles inside the organization. So, Art asks, thanks for the question, Art. Art asks, are there different opportunities for dive qualified TechPeach? Yeah, so, uh, so I, I got to talk around classifications a little bit, but uh, opportunities are opening up for TechPeach to run. Uh, with the Army and Navy units that we work with up at Fort Bragg. And um, like Jared mentioned, guys like Storm that are like studs at the unit, he's crushed OTC, he's deployed for the unit, like he's able to go to dive school if he wants to, and we can plug him against some some different mission sets if he so chooses. So if you have dive qualified guys, like, um, it, like it's not going to affect how you're utilized in OTC likely, and you're still probably going to go to three troop. Um, but opportunities have opened up to like where this is a meritocracy, and those who like Storm have proven themselves as an asset to the tier. Like uh, they have the ability to go run with the Army and Navy now uh, once they have those qualifications. So if you are dive qualified, that that puts you one step closer uh, to doing that if you so desire, um, and it gives you additional qualifications that that Jared can use. Uh, definitely not. We're not uh, asking guys to have anything like that, but it, it just gives you uh, one. I would say it's a good stress inoculation training that you, you've been through if you have that and hopefully help prepare you for OTC and selection. But it's just one more certification we can hopefully in, in mission set we can apply against. All right, I think the last thing we'll cover is uh, the fear. We ask every selection, we, we have the guys fill out some feedback. And I asked them, hey, what's preventing some of the guys out there at the units from coming up? And, you know, some of the major ones are they just don't want to put themselves through another selection process or they're really comfortable where they are. Uh, the problem with that second one is the Air Force is going to make you move anyway, right? So what I always argue is you should just take control of your career, and this is one way to do it. This is one way to um, force your desires inside the Air Force construct. But... People also fear of what happens if I come up and, and don't make it or, or don't succeed. And we're sitting here saying, hey, you got to come up in March to make next year's OTC. But just know we're still hiring TACPs after this spring. Um, we still have steady state requirements that we need to fill for both the 17th and um, the Fort Bragg unit. So uh, nothing's going to change. We're just going to give you some incredible feedback. Um, all the feedback that we ever get 100% across the board. And there's some guys on this chat right now that have been through it once. Uh, we're going to try to make you a better human and a better operator when you leave there. Uh, for the guys running the process, it isn't about whether you get selected or not. We're going to just make this a pro dev, um, you know, course for you and make you as good as we possibly can when you leave. And for us, the selection decision is a byproduct. All you'll have to do is contact us after you don't get selected. Again, there's some on here that we're working through. Um, we'll tell you when the next best time to send an application in and we'll go from there. But you will be able to come back up barring any crazy stuff. All right, any final words? We'll go back out to Jared for closing comments. Thanks for sitting in on this, guys. I've got nothing further. Thanks, Jared. Steve, Colin? So, hit a couple of times. There's no, we have no experience level, no certifications, no skill set uh, requirements to come assess. Like we are based, we are assessing you off your attributes. So, as Trey mentioned a couple of times, don't deselect yourself based off of 
something you have in your head that you think is going to prevent you from getting picked up. Like large majority of the things that we hear from the guys about are completely false for things that would stop you from being assessed or from being picked up. All you got to do is put your application in and put your best foot forward. All right, guys, that's it. So again, visit our website. Mine and Mr. Earhart's contact info is on the website. So contact us with any questions that you have. We will guide you in the right direction and we'll make it as easy as possible for you. Application short, it's only gonna take you a little while to fill out. Um, get it to us by those deadlines and we'll move forward and see you here in March. All right, appreciate everybody uh, joining in. I'm gonna go ahead and sign off now.